listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. Last week, we unpacked the first portion of that scripture, verses one through six. As you remember, everybody had a golf ball. Did, y'all, did you hold on to your golf balls? Good, good. Keep a hold of those. Let it be a reminder because we considered the awesomeness of God as compared with the earth. And we were imagining if you were here last week, if you weren't, let me just quickly review. We took a golf ball and said, if the, if the earth is the size of a golf ball, then we compared it to the sun. Then we went further and further out comparing it to various stars within this universe. And we began to realize, man, God is incredible. Not only did he make this earth, but he formed and shaped the stars. He's a star making God. And what was fascinating about it last week, and many of you have already sent me messages, to conceive and to think that this incredible star-making God would be concerned for you, would be concerned about me, would know every my name, would know every hair on your head. <laughs> and is, is attentive to little Zion that is being knit together in Brianna's womb. That from the day he was conceived, God was orchestrating and knitting him together for a purpose and for a reason. That same star-making God is involved with us. We learn, as this slide will show us, that as we understand this, it begins to fill us with, take a look at the screen, confidence, faith, and joy. And we truly understand what the Holy Spirit said in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, that says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, that star-making God, that creator God is for us, then who can ever be against us? Man, that should just fill you with faith and confidence. As a follower of Jesus Christ, as a child of God, you should walk with confidence each and every day. Isn't that good news? Doesn't that encourage you? We want you every single Sunday to come and get encouraged. That's one of the things I pray every Sunday. Lord, may they be encouraged by your word. In verses five and six, which we read today, the Holy Spirit directs David, and this is what's amazing, to begin to zoom in from the massiveness of the skies and the heavens and begin to zoom in to our own solar system, our little cul-de-sac in the universe, you might say. And, and David focuses in on one aspect of our solar system, the sun. Take a look at this picture. Picture of our sun. It's incredible. It's awesome. And if you were to hold up, it'd be a little dot. The earth would be a little dot next to the sun if you were to compare it to its enormity. He focuses on the sun. And let me read to you the verses of what it says. It says, God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. Psalm 14, verses 4 through 6. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after its wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race every single day. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. Think about the sun for a second. And I'm, I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit is doing when he has David write these things down. Here in our solar system, our planets rotate around this incredible star we call the sun. 
It is the, capital T, capital H, capital E, it is the source of light, heat, and solar energy that we need on this earth. We need it. It's incredible. Life here on earth cannot exist without this sun. Our very physical existence is, is dependent on it. Without it, we would be this chunk of ice just floating aimlessly through space, space like an asteroid or a meteor, right? It just, we'd be floating along with no life. But the sun, it drives our weather patterns, the currents that we have in our seas. It directs the seasons. It's how we measure time. It's what makes food possible here on earth because plants grow. We consume plants. Animals consume plants. We consume animals. Without the sun, there would be no life. Everybody pretty much understand that, right? Do you have a great respect for it? The light that we see coming through these windows, that's that source of light, heat, solar energy. We need it. Now consider this. This is what the psalmist is doing. This is what the Holy Spirit is speaking through the psalmist. As we think about the necessity of the sun for our very existence, without it, there'd be no life. I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit intentionally does in the following verse. He begins to connect the importance of the sun to the importance of another source of life, another source that we need. Another source that feeds us and strengthens us. Another source that gives light in the darkness. Notice verse 7 of chapter 19. It says, after he talks about the sun, what does he say? The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You see what he's doing? I'm going to pause there. I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit is doing. This is not accidental. This is not random thoughts. This isn't David going, oh, look at the sky. It's so wonderful. And oh, the sun's kind of cool too. Oh, that's just so great. And yeah, the Bible is good too. That's really good. This isn't randomness. This is God being very, very intentional, showing you his majesty and his glory, showing you your need for this star called the sun, and then focusing it down to the other source of life. The other source. When we start considering the awesomeness of God through his creation, we zoom into the necessity and the importance of the sun. Then he connects our need for the sun to God's instructions, his word, the Bible. We take it for granted. There are more Bibles in the world than any other book. It is still the number one sold book and has been for centuries. So we tend to take it for granted. There's always one available. These are not random thoughts. This is God being very purposeful and intentional and bringing the importance of his word to light. It's like he's saying... Look up at the sky. See my incredible creation. Now look at the amazing sun. Do you see your need and your dependency upon it? Then he says, now focus in on what else you need. My word, my instructions, and they are perfect, and they revive your soul. 
You see how he makes the connection? This is why we're looking at the whole chapter. We want to see how the Holy Spirit is speaking a very, very specific word. And when we get to the end, we will see how it directly correlates to us personally. Just as we need the sun for life here on earth, we need God's word to give us life. This is a jugular principle. This is critical. And if you don't understand this, if you don't have a grasp of this, if you don't have a respect for this, you're going to stumble, struggle, trip up, go through life anemic, spiritually anemic. Let me show you. There's a few places in the Bible. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. There's a few places in the Bible. Matter of fact, there are many places in the Bible that refer to the importance and the need of God's word and what it does for us personally. And I want to show you just a few handful of them. I just want to skim through it. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter one, the very first thing we hear is God's word spoken. When God's word spoke in the beginning, he speaks and life comes forth. He literally speaks. The Bible says that God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. And his word is powerful. It gives light and life. Later on in Deuteronomy, God speaks his commands and his instructions on how to live life. We call them the Ten Commandments. His word begins to get written down. So that generation after generation after generation can experience the life from his word. Psalm chapter 119, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, talks about God's word being a lamp to light our way, to illuminate, to demonstrate the steps that we need to take so that we're not bumbling around and stumbling around through life. Word bringing life. Then we jump over into the New Testament and Jesus reiterates the importance of it. And Jesus says in Matthew 24, 35, it says, my words shall never depart. They shall never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will last forever. Jesus emphasizes the fact that God's word, his spoken word, his written word is so relevant, it will last forever. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says that God's word is living and active, meaning it's relevant. It's not some dead scrolls. It's not some dead idea or dead thoughts. It's living and active. How many of you guys uh, enjoy yogurt? Wave at me if you're a yogurt fan. Some of you, uh, about half of you. The other go, how many of you guys say, no, yogurt, no, thank you very much. <laughs> I started eating yogurt a few years ago because they said for gut health, Uh, It contains, especially good yogurt, contains what are called active cultures, positive bacteria that you need in your digestive system to help you function. Now we can take probiotics as supplements to add to that. But for the longest time, we needed yogurt with active cultures, living and active. This yogurt provided health for your body because it had something alive in it. Kind of weird to think, isn't it? I'm eating something alive that I need. Well, God's word is living and active. You need its activity in your life to feed you, to sustain you, to nourish you. Finally, in 2 Timothy, I love 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I don't have the scripture up here, but I'm going to read it to you. It says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And that's some of the stuff we don't care for. 
but it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what to do and what is right. So God's word teaches us what is right and wrong. These are just a few places, but we see the critical principle reinforced, and that principle is you need God's word in you. I want you to turn to the person. If you didn't come with them, say, introduce yourself and say, you need God's word inside of you. Go ahead. Come on. Tell them that. Now reply that. Say, I need God's word in me. Come on. Come on. In the tent, you should be doing this too. Right around that table. Come on. Reach over to the other table. You need God's word in you. Come on. Today, we have more access to information. Good grief, I have more access to information now than ever before in history. We have more knowledge than we know what to do with. If we have a question, we Google it, right? My wife and I, we're driving down the road. and We go, I wonder what that thing is. Leah, Google that. I want to know what that is over there. We can discover so much, yet we can be so stupid. It's true. We wonder what is true, what is right, what is wrong. One website, one tweet, one post says this, and over here another tweet, another website, another post says that. What is true, what is right, what is wrong? We have all this information, yet so many people today are discouraged. So many people are confused, depressed, hungry for truth, and morally disoriented. One of the reasons why I'm excited about this movie, Jesus Revolution, was a group of people who unknowingly were going to be used by the Holy Spirit to transform a generation that was starting to get lost. As a dad of young adults, as a pastor and a man who has a heart for the emerging generation, Pray God, do it again. I don't want to lose a generation, a generation that's disoriented, morally confused, wondering what is right and what is wrong, confused, depressed, and discouraged. Holy Spirit, move. And Lord God, we embrace your word that teaches us what is right and wrong, that gives life and shines light in the darkness from the poorest to the rich, from the obscure to the famous, from the weakest to the most powerful. There's a famine, there's a hunger and a need for truth. But here's the good news. God gives it to us. He gives us a moral compass. He gives us food to feed our hunger. He gives us the light that reveals truth. His word, the Bible. And thank God, he started a process back in Deuteronomy where he instructed humanity, hey, write down my word so that future generations can benefit from it too. And they began to do that. Thank you, God, for raising up Moses and capturing your word and scrolling it down on tablets so that we could have it. And then later on, men and women that God would work through the Holy Spirit to capture his word and put it down so that future generations could grow and be strengthened from it. 
could receive the benefits that come from what Psalm 19 says. So here's what I want to do for the next few minutes. I want you to see the benefits. I almost sound like I'm selling some sort of vitamin. I want you to see the benefits of taking this pill, the gospel. <laughs> Corny, I know, right? I know. Dad joke. I want you to see what you're going to get when you get the Bible into you and you get into God's word, okay? We're just going to look directly at what we spoke this morning. Psalm chapter 19, start, verse 7. The first thing it says is this. Look what the Holy Spirit says to David. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Everybody say perfect. perfect. His instructions are perfect. You're looking for something that's perfect? The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. Mm, 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 mm. Depression, discouragement, despair. When the soul feels down, the instructions of the Lord will revive. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. So take a look at this list. If you're, a, if you're a note taker, write this down. What do you get from God's word? Your soul gets to be refreshed and revived. Ooh, I need that. And it offers me wisdom. Write that down. It revives my soul and it offers me wisdom. I love my friend uh, Elijah, who's here every single Sunday, serving faithfully him and his wife and baby, daughter, they are young, but Lee and I noticed this last Sunday, and I'll acknowledge this out loud. When we're sitting with them, we're going, man, this is a young couple, but there's a depth of wisdom there that amazes me. I don't many, know many young people who are able to speak with such wisdom. And the reason why is I know because you've hidden God's word in your heart, and you're not speaking out of your own experience, but out of the depth of God's word that offers you wisdom, and you take a hold of it. That's what we have, what you get from God's word. Take a look at this one, verse 8. Let's keep going. Verse 7 says that. Here's what verse 8 says. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Mm, I love that. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. And if you have questions about that, well, the commands of the Lord, they're right. You know, that just reemphasizes it. Bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. So if you're a note taker, write this down. It teaches me what is right and wrong. We, we, we're morally disoriented in our society today. What is right? What is wrong? We look to our governmental leaders and we look at them and go, I ain't, they ain't right. Some of them sound right. Some of them sound wrong. Who do I believe? And God says, mm, the commands of the Lord are right and they're clear. It teaches me right and wrong. Not only does it teach me what is right and wrong, but it brings you joy. Brings me joy. Brings me joy. Not just happiness, which is fleeting. I mean, gosh, five minutes from here, you can go to the happiest place on earth and be happy for a few minutes till your pocketbook is hurting you and until uh, you eat some of that food and you're going, oh my goodness. And happiness is fleeting, but joy is deeper. In God's words, his commands, his instructions brings me joy. And also gives me clarity. Everybody say clarity. clarity. Oh my goodness. 
That's what we need. Wisdom and clarity. See, wisdom is, okay, I'm going to know how to respond and how to make a decision, but clarity gives me insight into situations and circumstances. As we get into God's word and you're looking at a family situation, you're looking at a job situation, you're looking at culture and society and going, I just don't understand. God's word clarifies. God's word clarifies. When I see what's going on in the world today, I go, yeah, I'm not surprised. God's word said it was going to be like this. As we get closer and closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, these things shall happen. Wars, rumors of war, famines. People believing what was true is now wrong and what is wrong is now true. These things, the Bible says, will come to pass. So God's word clarifies for us. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to freak out. God's word brings truth. Take a look at verse 9. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Everybody say true. Each one is fair. That's not fair. Mm, I know. But God's word is true and it's fair. It's kind of like the little baby and the mom and the dad. Little baby wants to eat the candy, wants to eat the ice cream, wants to eat the, the sweets, right? Mmm, good, right? And they'll just feed it and feed it and feed it until they blow it up or whatever. Mom and dad, what's your responsibility? No candy right now, right? You know. But that's not fair. I want candy. I want ice cream. I want cereal. And not that yucky cereal that tastes like wheat. I want the yummy cereal with the colors and the marshmallows and the cocoa whatever. Mm -hmm. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. When we realize that that star-making God, the one who loves you and intimately has been involved with you, shares his rules, his regulations, his commands, then we can say, I don't like it, but it's fair. I don't see it right now, but it's fair. I may not understand right now, but it's fair. Because God, you know more. For you are Father God, and I am but your child. Verse 10, they're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They're sweeter than honey, even the honey dripping from the cone. Even the honey dripping from the cone. Put the list up there for you note takers. It shows me the truth. It's finer for me than wealth. You may win the lottery and it may provide for you homes and cars and planes and trains and businesses and all this. But you want wisdom? You want joy? You want clarity and truth? Money can't buy that. But God's word will. It's more finer than gold. And lastly, it's better than more dessert. That You can put that in there. That's the last one right there. It's better than more dessert. Okay, it's, 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 it says it's, it's more sweeter than honey. And I could use a little less dessert. That's been my commitment for this, this year. So I'm getting more into God's word because it's better than honey. It's better than all the sweetness. It's better than the Krispy Kreme donuts or the sidecar donuts or whatever else you might like. Tatiana, come on up here, would you? Why the word of God? Because of this. This is what it does. And God even says, take it. Use it, absorb it, 
Apply it and you will get this. Take a picture of that with your phone as a reminder. Put it up on your screensaver to remind you what I get from the word of God. Why do we read this? Why do we journal on this? Why does the pastor say every year in January, we hand out journals and we say, get into God's word. Why is that? Well, why do we gather each week on Sunday to listen to God's word? Why do you join us online when you could be watching something else and you come over to the YouTube channel and you turn on Pastor Kelly and you listen to God's word and you hear people reading it out loud and you begin to read it on the screen? Why do we do that? Why do we open up the Bible and study it? So that you can know life. Because God's word brings life. In the beginning, he spoke and life sprung forth. Do you need life inside? Well, God faithfully had people write down his word so that from generation to generation to generation, we could know life. You see, this isn't some dead, ancient book that's irrelevant for today. No, it's living and active, and it is relevant for you today. God's word is life. And like the sun, you need God's word to experience life. I'm going to drive this home. My passion for you is that the word of God would get into you and that you would get into God's word and you would experience all of this in your life. We start every year by giving out our tool. We call it journal. It's not a magic book. It's just a tool. And like any tool, it can sit on your, your, your workbench and you can look at the problem and go, man, I wish that problem would just magically fix. Or you can take the tool and you can get to work on the problem. God gives us his word and we give you a tool to help get into God's word so we can see some of those problems fixed. I want to pray over you right now. I want to pray that you would have wisdom and insight from the Holy Spirit as you read and listen to his word. I'm going to pray that you would get into God's word and God's word would get into you more and more each and every day. And I'm going to ask you as we pray to make a new commitment today. Pastor Jared said this at our New Year's uh, message that was online, January 1st, our New Year's Day message. And he said, make a commitment. Maybe you've read God's word once a month. Make a commitment to God. God, I'm going to read it twice a month. Maybe it's once a week. God, I'm making a new commitment. I'm making a new commitment twice a week. Maybe it's every day. I'm going to encourage you. Make a commitment to God and say, God, I'm going to do it twice a day, morning and evening, so that you can experience life, so that you can know the truth, so that you can have clarity and wisdom. Make a commitment now as we pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring David to write down these words, your word, 
to direct him to look at the heavens and consider your glory. Holy Spirit, you directed him and had him focus in on the sun, the majesty and the need and the dependency that we find in the sun. And then Holy Spirit, you directed him to your instructions, your commands, your laws, your word, and the benefits that come from that. Thank you for that, oh God. And now in the quietness of this moment, I encourage you, make a commitment to God right now. God, I commit more. More time in your word, which will allow more time for you to get your word in me. Come on, do that right now. Maybe you've never opened up God's word. Maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, who is the word made flesh. You can simply pray a prayer and say, God, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to know real eternal life. The Bible says this very, very clearly in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful and just. If we'll confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we're saved. And so right now, God, in the name of Jesus, for every man and woman in here that it wants to say yes to you, draw them close. Right now, if you're listening to my voice, just simply say, I want to make Jesus my Lord. And I want God's word inside of me bringing life. Holy Spirit, fill this place today in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.